I've many. Okay. I had interviews just with a mobile phone. They're pretty good, actually. It works out quite well, I think. I mean, these sounds are pretty, pretty nice. So, welcome to the Frida Show. Thank you for inviting me. Gerion Krebich. Krebich? Yeah, yeah. Krebber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. German artist, Düsseldorf. Cologne based, yes. Cologne based, yeah. Uh, teaching in Düsseldorf, yeah. Yeah, mm. teaching in Düsseldorf. And, yeah, um, been to London for a couple of years and now living back in the wine area in Cologne. And now I was been invited, have been invited to practice at Felleswerkstedt here in Oslo to make a project with others. We were teaming up, um, working on the subject of sculpture in terms of monumental and temporality. And we've just made a two week setup period at the former um, place, yeah. former place of Felleswerkstedt. They are currently moving towards a newly refurbished building. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were able to take over half of their space. It's a quite a, a derelict building which has a... a it's a very strange building, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a dystopian mm -hmm. flavor in there. Um, together with the 10 others, we were teaming up and we were doing our individual works. And uh, we had as a kind of a thumb rule, we do large scale mainly uh, sculptures which are on show only for a day yeah. and then will be dismantled and we were keen on having upcycling materials kind of uh, in between use of materials we were getting from the recycling station um, and uh, lots of stuff from polystyrene to timber as well as polyurethane sheets and other things used tires and we're transforming them by uh, reassembling them well, the main uh, display were two towers in the middle by Kat Robertson and Patricia and there was a vessel piece made by Claudia Mann, um, a paper mache and this kind of techno trash spaceship number was uh, a piece by me. Yes, which was I'll, I'll attach a picture in, uh, yeah, in, okay, in at the good, podcast. Yeah. So, uh... So I'll, I'll put uh, all the pictures up there, I think, as well. So then you, you probably get an impression of that kind of material and process-based sculpture approach, which might be yeah, a bit out of fashion. It's not post-colonial or gender or whatever it's now in, in fashion, but it is still about presence and about what you experience when you encounter something which you don't have a name for, mm -hmm. uh, which is probably something, it's not probably in something necessarily in an overwhelming presence or some kind of uh, experience you would have. Uh, it might be even a very small thing, which, uh, for example, Axel Leutmann, a German sculptor, put up, he just took ordinary cups and were hammering out certain kind of puncturing, uh, puncturing holes in there. Yeah. So, um, kind of a simple gesture uh, which takes away the usage of that but revalues them in a funny and humorous way yeah there were two of my students in uh, which i brought over from germany as well yeah emma locker she took away a stone from the street which was blocking the street and uh, uh, which was it lay a bit askew on the street and it's a 500 kilo granite block and she was dangling that in midair with this kind of trestle they're having in use at the Felswerkstedt. Yeah. And uh, that was basically um, in the middle of it. And the entrance, the Shuttergate, there, Kjetler Christensen, the Norwegian artist, he just made a certain kind of street art statement by um, making a chrome spot all over the, um, the, the, the entrance. Gate, yeah. The yeah. entrance, so yeah. that almost like a gesture of claiming a space. And between something which is very light, uh, the chrome spray is almost immaterial in its appearance. However, it indicates, okay, there's something going on mm. for a while. It will, of course, quickly be taken over by other graffitis. Yeah. That's kind of a strange area that at Urtigata, there's a drug scene next to it. There's a mosque and 
That's a great strange mix, mix like it's in between yeah. space, yes. One of these transitional areas in the mid-center, which have been probably a bit neglected, but offer some kind of room for space, for experimentation, and space for art. Yeah. Yeah, so how did you uh, pick, uh, how did you curate the group, how do you pick the artist? Uh, oh, that was a procedure, it was an open call. Yeah. Uh, Praxis, the, uh, the corporation partner of Palace Backstep, they put it. Well, they don't, they, they, they don't normally cooperate, I think they just cooperate no, for, just this, for, uh, the, for this event, right? No, just for that, the idea was uh, Graham, who runs the Palace Backstep, he had the idea, hey, come on, what about if somebody comes in and creates a large-scale sculpture, create something which is really taking over the space. You have ceilings of nine meter height. Yeah. What about if something is really going on? And due to they're moving out, they thought it might, it might be a fantastic opportunity. Um, Praxis approached me because they knew that I'm working on a kind of a, a large scale direct response to spaces. Yeah. Um, I've been invited to several museums where exactly I do that. Yeah. And uh, for me it was a Great experience to, to come in and um, to be able to select a, f a few people where I thought they might be interesting. Yeah. Uh, not only from a sculptural reason. There's, for, for example, two people, two guys who actually moved right now from other cities to Oslo. Yeah. One is Zaid. Zaid uh, moved from Northampton. Yeah. And uh, he had to create a Piece which I really liked, and Northampton is my fate, and now he turned in, uh, into a different one, also is my fate. Yeah. So he was running around in Greenland asking people uh, because he's joining a, a language class. He's yeah, language course, yeah, you have yes. to do. Yeah, to... Well, you, you need to speak the language, even uh, the Norwegians are so fantastic in speaking English, so you will get probably away with not speaking, but you want to speak the language. Yeah. So what he's done is that was uh, somehow really charming. He was approaching the people in the way he has been approached by his language teacher. Mm -hmm. So he was saying each word, Oslo, H, I, I can't speak it, but then uh, he was just filming their lips yeah. uh, and just uh, taking four or five of them. One is working in a shop next door, the other one uh, is a Greek woman, uh, the occasion he met uh, around the corner. So people, he was just basically asking on the street whether they would be up for speaking that, yeah. or, or, which they was funny because yeah. he, he, he obviously is not able to speak Norse in a way, which is uh, somehow acceptable, but he was telling other immigrants how to do that. Yeah. So that is one. The other one is Matthew. He came from, um, from Canada, moved over, and uh, he's been in a smaller space and was kind of creating an architectural model in that. So it's something which probably more relates to this kind of spatial experiences. That's mm -hmm. almost the group which I was able to select. We had, as I said, this open call and we had the Skype interviews. And they all sent in a portfolio. Yeah. For me, it was uh, crucial that not all, all of them had some, some kind of sculptural experience, yeah. but probably they were having a certain kind of need for getting a, getting something to be said, to be done, and loosely can refer to that monumental presence yeah, that's as a, well as that short term temporal, uh, temporarily yeah. uh, temporary occurrence of the, mm. the show. Mm. So that um, I was a bit afraid that um, together with a group of ten people which I've never met before, yeah, uh, that I would end up with a complete mess, yeah. especially when I'm doing my own work. Yeah, I so you can't, you can't babysit, you can't... Exactly, uh, yeah. so, and I didn't want to to put that all on the shoulders of Nicholas, who runs the Praxis yeah. and has lots of to do with organizing everything. So we got in uh, Zettel, uh, who's um, uh, a curator working for the Sculpture Society. Yeah. Uh, luckily, she didn't have much to do because the group was fantastic yeah. and we were getting along so well. And even when you see the show... Do you think that was because of the, the, the loose question or the open question or...? or no, that is the dynamics, the, people. Of the dynamics of the people. Yeah. For example, I invited Claudia Mann. Claudia yeah. Mann is a, a, a sculptor from Dusseldorf as well. Uh, she studied there at the academy and uh, she was doing a piece in papier-mâché. 
and uh, that was the kind kind of thing where you thought, oh, she's starting there, she's putting up these things, she's measuring the space with her body, putting up paper mache, drying it, and uh, next to it there's Patricia, uh, who's more a conceptual and a contextual artist, but both started to have something in common, the material of paper. Yeah. Patricia covered up tires with uh, bits of uh, paper just to create an effect, as she called it, a marble-like effect, whereas Claudia, for example, went on and just put on layers and layers of that material, mixed that with floor, glued it together, and so suddenly you had something in common to share, and even the, the pieces responded to each other. Yeah. Next to Patricia, there was this huge reactive tower cat. Cat uh, made a structure basically out of timber um, in sections, stacked them and uh, nailed and whatever, screwed them together, and cladded all the outside with materials from the recycling station. And suddenly you had something which was an ongoing theme how it was something erects from the ground, how yeah. that is feeling how. You had a bit of that um, truth to materials very a bit uh, too much that you had this feeling of uh, tactile materials. So the, the building is shaking at the moment. I think. Oh yeah, sorry. They're drilling. No, no. They, oh, yeah, they're they're drilling be. next door, so they yeah. uh, they. I don't know what they're doing with it. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. But, uh, I didn't want to interrupt you. But you, you had something where the group was evolving just by responding. Everybody was doing his pieces, but. Yeah. Uh, Due to this kind of, you don't have your studio, you don't have your uh, normal materials around you, you, you have to force yourself out of your comfort zone in, in a way. Yeah. Uh, for example, Evgenia works on the, on the top floor. She was usually creating, she was using building machines which create thermal effects. At this time, she was using a mat mattress. Uh, just getting rid of all the foam and yeah. just taking the the inner core, the, the these kind of springs, yeah. and then attaching threads and other things on, uh, dipping that into some kind of emulsion and plaster, yeah. and you had these kind of hanging beards or something, uh, which is almost like a static tide coming yeah, yeah. Yeah. only on a temporary base. So you have this kind of that range. was on the on the platform on exactly, the left side, right? The, when you yeah. came in, yeah. we, we altered the space as well. We we took away those. Um, there was a division made by uh, glass sheets, and uh, which we had to disassemble, yeah. just to ensure oh, that um, everything goes right in a way. Sorry. Yeah. And there, there has a, another piece which was then almost bending over the railings, and uh, which was actually really doing a, an ephemeral effect that was uh, Julia, Julia Batze from Düsseldorf, another of my students, she was making one of these inflatables out of um, what you, it's not even Zipolin, it's this dust sheet material. Yeah. She took a hot gun and uh, just uh, built these kind of yeah, very easy sack-like structures which were then filled up with air. Yeah. So then that uh, was kind of yeah, kind of big in scale. However, there was some kind of shelving units in between, so that the whole thing got a bit of the ground. Yeah. So that was in in total almost the the show in its description. Yeah. The piece was more at the end. It uh, looked a bit like a, a the, the, the the skeleton of a whale being yeah. filled with some kind of strange stuff. There was the CNC router machine next the to router, it. Yeah. The router, yeah. The router, and uh, it creates this kind of, um, it routes into not only timber, but mostly into polystyrene, and it creates these very strange flakes. So yes, it took it's this purple polystyrene, yeah. yeah, so you use those flakes for... I just uh, used yeah. them because I thought they, they're just amazing in terms of, they're coming in, these people, and they're doing this kind of, well, almost kitschy things, and with these flakes, actually, uh, what mm -hmm. they regard as the rubbish and the leftovers, I find them far more fascinating than the actual experience of their relief like sculptures. Yeah, yeah what what came out? Yeah. But do, is that your is that your normal practice as well when you when you? Yeah, sometimes just go around and find materials which I yeah. find attractive. 
yeah. somehow, which have this kind of almost light presence, but they they might be. Of course, it's a bit of a nasty material yeah. because it sticks to you and it's this kind of flaky. But it has something cuddly and soft as well yeah. as uh, nasty and dis disgusting. Yeah? yeah, as well as uh, I took these tubes which you use for insulation uh, when you have the I don't know heating uh, or something. I took I just found them in the bin at yeah. the, uh, the building site and I filled up this inner tongue-like shape. Yeah. which is then with these rims around the ribs, yeah. these, these yeah. ribs, yeah. the rib-like structure, these kind of circles, which are created out just by a simple technique. Um, where I took one by twos, cut them with a chop saw, and then reassembled them as a coil. Uh, yeah. So that created this kind of, we think, uh, wow, what's, yeah, this, well, how do you say this chest-like structure? Yeah, yeah, when you, yeah. yeah. You have a chest, rib cage. Is it rib cage? Yes. yes. Yeah. So that you see the ribs and uh, so there's this kind of dynamic flow of that kind of shape, filled up uh, with these flakes and these tubes, and surrounded by these uh, yeah, ribs, whatever. Um, I was keen on having that floating. Yeah. Just that you, when you, well, you're not allowed to touch it. In that case, you are. Um, you, it responds to you, so it's yeah, because you can move. It, yeah, you showed me how you're just lightly touching and kind yeah, of turning it around. Like, exactly. and, so it's always like a bit, like not only hovering. I mm. call that dragon, uh, this Eintagsfliege, one day fly. Yeah, yeah the, um, so we, we, what do you call it in English? Yeah. I don't know. One day yeah. fly, perhaps. I, I don't know. Flies. It's just yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so these little tiny appearances. Mm which only lasts for a day and then they're gone. Yeah. And uh, the, I think it highlights a bit of that fragile existence and this temporal moment. Of course, a monument is to be there to, to last for a while. You go to Vigilance Park, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's such a crazy experience. And uh, you see how somebody really erects that against the, the time and it shows all these kind of human things, but actually in the end, you know, it's all so fragile. And today, it's, it's, I just had this experience. I went on the street and we were passing there, there by the opera. And I was then confronted that somebody, a girl was run over by, yeah, yeah, you, by, you said, by a car. You, uh, no, you said a, so earlier. I mean, so, and suddenly, you know, you see her then, I was running there so to, first to, to see her. And then you see her legs crushed by this, uh, Truck, enormous yeah. tie of the truck and you see her face bleeding and it's all coming out and you know she's dead yeah. and so that that kind of moment where you know it's it's yeah, gone, it was, this, it was the first thing you said when you came in yeah, today, was, so I'm, 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 I, I, I'm quite still shocked yeah, about I, it I, so. I can so much imagine and the, the problem with it also what what do you do with it then you know because you don't know this person so you 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 have a weird time Kind of, yeah. You have, of course, a shock reaction, but I do. But I, I was just uh, freaking out because I, I pulled her a bit, but I knew, I realized her leg is squeezed yeah. underneath the tire, and uh, yeah, I, I saw her bleeding. And I thought, okay, she, that's gone. Yeah. And uh, she was such a. She was, was. She was one of these Norwegian beauties. She was even wearing a, a bike helmet. Yeah. She was beginning of her thirties. Yeah. Half of her life is still yeah. in front of her, and it's gone in, it's a, gone in a second. second yeah. Yeah. And so, I think, yeah, with sculpture, you always want to have these monumental moments where you think it's against time or something, yeah. and to contradict yourself and say, "Come on, it's not only that; it is considered to be, yeah, to be existential at that moment, and to to be over very soon." Deliberately, we've done it. Obviously, the show has been taken down. Tomorrow will be taken down tomorrow. Yeah. So, my dragonfly thing will, will, will be gone. Uh, it will yeah. be gone as well. So will we. So, it. I it's strange to run into such a strong metaphor with with uh, with this confronting death in such a uh, physical way or like yeah, a actually, ritual. Yeah, I, I would have probably preferred to have avoided that. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I sure. But, uh, my my first reaction it was then just to run over because I thought okay you can just to 
get her out of there. But yeah, just help or yeah, do anything, or do anything yeah. to, just to ensure that she won't be there and left underneath. Mm. But that's too late. Mm. There's a certain kind of helplessness, of course, which, which we experience, and I experienced in that moment, mm. which uh, utterly shocked me. Yeah, but um, of course, I do relate that to my practice in that moment, afterwards at least. Yeah. Uh, and to that kind of spell almost that I say, oh, there's something temporal in it, which yeah. I try to tackle, yeah. Yeah, which I try to well, get mortality, around. Yeah, for sure. yeah, with this kind of... But is, is this also, I mean, why did you get into sculpture? Is, is that is I, something I haven't started with, with sculpture. I, I got into sculpture at the Art Academy. Somebody gave me a bag of plaster, and I immediately realized I do have a certain kind of... Um, even with my drawings, uh, a certain kind of looking for shapes and forms, and yeah. so there's a linear quality to it. Yeah. And uh, I just realized before I was said, well, why did you just draw it? Then it's there. Mm -hmm. But suddenly you realized if you want to give it a certain kind of presence, yeah. a certain kind of objectiveness, yeah. it has to be become Solid. real. It has to be, it has a certain kind of yeah, mm -hmm. a certain kind of presence which you can't just switch off. So, and this kind of sturdiness, this kind of lightness, this kind of moments in between, I, I do, I coined a word for that, which is some, probably ridiculous, but um, I call that antagonistic in terms of, and morphia together, antagomorph. Antagomorph, yeah. Uh, so that you put things which actually contradict into one shape. Yeah. And, I think my, most of my work it's totally diverse in shape. It's it's different in, in its materials, but it boils down to that very single idea that it is antagonomorph. It has a certain kind of contradiction in itself. Mm. It's ugly and it's beautiful. It's somehow um, touchy and it's uh, putting you off. It's yeah. somehow attracting. You and it's probably heavy. It appears to be heavy, but it's very light. Yeah. So things which are then suddenly contradictory, but you put them aside, and you don't get with your language so easily behind. But you you can actually look at it, and you get that as a yeah. as a moment, as a as an experience, which I think is a crucial experience for me. Yeah. How come? Uh, what, what what is it what is it that triggers you so it's, uh, i recognize it you know from myself and from other artists of course kind of that you have you have to think you know i i have a thing with layeredness it's always yeah. about a layering of, of things yeah there's lots of that and but but so 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 how did you find out that that was your trick or your your i found that because maybe? yeah exactly I, I had quite a hard time because i tested out many things and in the end uh, i always thought i have to decide now finally what whether I'm there on this but I realized that it's actually this moment of indecision yeah of this strange moment in between I'm keen on yeah and that that is the moment I'm I want to give the viewer yeah I want to provide that experience and but not in that kind of thing that you always get the same it has to have a development yeah even more than that it has to have a plural experience. Yeah. So it's not only that you say a faceted experience. Yeah. yeah. Said something. You, I I wasn't happy with this kind of one-liner idea. Hey, you're an artist. Just get one thing and then do it and yeah. develop it further, which is fine. I think. Uh, for for certain artists, yes. For others, uh, I it, thought that. It, uh, personally, I think it's very limiting, but. But there is a diversity in in doing the same thing. You know, exactly. For example, so, an Onkavara, yeah, yeah. which paints like the same date, you know, yes, a date yes. over and over again. You know, there's yeah. like a there's, there's a strictness there's in it. Yeah. But that's so 1960s in a way. Yeah. They always had to prove that's art, and yeah. I I don't know. I think it's more. I wanted to. I probably got into sculpture because it wanted to be more real. Yeah. To be become not only art but a part of your reality. Yeah. And even if it's only a reality which is secluded from, from the normal life, which is not real real, yeah. but is but it's still there and you can't get around so easily with it. Mm. So um, to deal with that, material proved to be, a, and, and 
shaping proved a good way for me to develop things which um, I can't predict entirely. Yeah. For example, for that show, I thought, okay, I would have something really large and it would hang up in the sky. And so I tried to, to do something that then I was somewhat limited in, in the buildings where I couldn't uh, go bigger than that and things like that. And I thought, okay. And I had still had the idea that it would hang above my head. Yeah. But it didn't turn out. It, it was the piece was then saying, no, if you have built me that way, yeah. <laughs> I command that you have to take it to that level. Yeah. So uh, that was something I wasn't in control of, but this, this kind of resistance of this piece made the piece as well as my effort. Yeah. So, and I think that's something I do enjoy in the, the, the kind of engagement with the, the kind of, we saw, you know, when, when, the, when you see these ringers wrestling around, yeah, yeah so that, okay, it's friction, gonna, or yeah, a... this kind of friction, this kind of moments where you experience a certain kind of, it doesn't work like that, I have to find another way, yeah. this bit of tinkering, these moments where you start actually to go from the idea, from that original prospect you're having, beyond something, to create something which has been unforeseen, mm. which is indeed an experience you then have to make and only to say or talk about. Mm. And it can be very subtle, it can be just the, another piece I put in the show, the Norwegians are so so uh, into stone, yeah? yeah? So I made this kind of, found these, these styrofoam blocks, I just made two fake stones. Yeah. That, um, that kind of, it's very stupid, I just take PVA, a bit of cement and yeah, just yeah. pour it on and yeah, then yeah. I took a bit of that, what they usually ha have for their, their housings, these kind of colors, yep. and just poured it over. I had them two in the relation, there was one corner missing, um, so that they had almost something, and put them in a puddle, where, because the, body, the, the building is almost flooded. Yeah, it's leaking. With, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so run down. Yeah. Um, and suddenly, you have a touching moment, but you have something... Uh, which might be just a hoax on, yeah. on, on sculpture. Yeah? Yeah. So it's because it's so super light, it looks heavy, and uh, it's a good contradiction. It's almost like a prop, like a movie yeah, prop. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Many of my pieces have something of props. Yeah. Something you don't know the film about. Of, yeah, yeah, the, the it, story might not be here. Uh, yeah, that is a bit like between Alien and Dune, or something sci-fi, something like like that. But it's not something you would easily. Uh, have a story for because the story is basically the object itself. Yeah. So it's not in I wouldn't call my narrative or something. It's more like that it indicates some. That it, the, it might be the film is yeah. in your head, yeah. and it's not there. Yeah. So and it's not referred to. Hmm. Yeah. That, so that that's the experience of the show and yes. the, the experience of Oslo uh, was exciting as well. It's, uh, I, when I arrived, I had no clue of Oslo. It's say. the first time you've been here? Yes, first yeah. time ever. And uh, I actually was invited and I had no clue as well where Oslo exactly was. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the same happens with Norway. I had no idea of the scale of Norway, yeah. just the sheer length of it. And and uh, to, if that happened to me now, I would be in Bergen uh, tomorrow giving a lecture at the Art Academy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's a nice offer. I can go out in the countryside, perhaps an hour, hour drive to, yeah. to Bergen. And then I was told, hey, come on, that's a seven hour train journey. <laughs> You're crossing the whole of the country, which I wasn't aware of. I thought that's next door, basically. So I got here, I got a bit more into it. And the fascinating point in Oslo, it's a, such a user-friendly city. Mm. Yeah, you have this kind of experience. Uh, well, except for bikers. Well, yes, exactly. So uh, that that was an accident in paradise. Um, that's totally true. But um, yeah, there there's that. I we had another accident. So it's probably the downside is probably when you have this kind of relaxed atmosphere, you're probably a bit more risk taking by, a, and then suddenly something yeah. happens. Yeah. I don't know. That that's I can't tell you anything about that. I just had the experience that. Uh, I had uh, a 
a great time here. Yeah. So um, even if that's now a, a, a shocking despair here, uh, which uh, is it probably a wake-up call for me. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, besides that, uh, well, there's there's time to, to put that in place. Uh, exactly. So I'm looking forward to, yeah. to to get a bit. That's very fresh now. And, yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward now to come home again to see my studio finally. Uh, yeah. It's been a, a month away now. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of studio do you have? Oh yeah, well I do have a a really proper sculpture studio now. Um, I was able to. Uh, I was kicked out of my former studio due to the fact that I was misbehaving. I was burning timber. Yeah. Lots of my works, including methods of destruction. Yeah. Yeah, especially. Treating the surface um, with timber or foil, whether it's something else, I burn it, I take acid, I whatever do with it to scratch it or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was always doing that, uh, and I was kicked out, uh, and that was the best thing which actually happened to you. Happened yeah. to me at that point because I was literally just crossing the street looking out for a building which has been a former uh, they use it as a shop but it's actually made for as a carpenter's workshop yeah uh, i phoned them up and they offered me that building i told them i can't pay that much it's far and offered for a fraction of the price yeah. so i was able to rent that and finally my wife uh, was able to, to buy it oh, wow. so um i invested a bit and now i've got a proper studio um which is big enough to I make these large scales work, like which things, I sometimes yeah. do. I'd love to see it one day. Yeah, you yeah. come by. Uh, it's yeah. in Cologne. It's the north of Cologne. Uh, it's actually, uh, I I can't still believe that I was lucky to have that lucky shot of having a studio which I really can invest in yeah. and build. Yeah. For example, I just uh, basically buy myself some lifetime. We uh, have now a proper ventilation, yeah. extraction and yeah. things like that. I would work a little stuff. Yeah, the <laughs> things like you you wouldn't do when you're just there for in a single kind of derelict building and you're about to be kicked out anyway every second. Yeah, you're not gonna invest so but now it's different because it's basically mine uh, the, because my wife owns it. Mm. And uh, now I put that in and I put a bit of effort in health and safety and things yeah. like that. Just to ensure that I don't. Uh, it a bit longer, a bit yes, healthier. Uh, yes, probably for sure. like that. Yeah. And yeah, we, we forget that a bit, but it, it becomes more important the older you get, I guess. And yeah, well, at some points you think, okay, I, I live forever and uh, I don't mind, and yeah. uh, come on, the chrome spray, who needs a mask? And, so, and well, it's not that I'm too overly keen on getting myself poisoned by that stuff, but. Uh, well, it is just you, you know how it happens. You you want to do something, and you just go ahead, yeah. Yeah. And you don't take care for that. Yeah. And now it's a bit different because I know, I I exactly. For example, um, I, when I was welding, everything was around, and I always had fire stand up. Yes. Yeah. yeah, because something is getting hot, something is burning, and you have to stamp on it or throw water on it, and. Now I think it's that is that's not health and safety wise. That so, is not very smart, no. Yeah. So in the end, now we're doing it differently. I do have a great opportunity to work in there. I think. How I much space do you have? Oh, it's it's massive. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. two hundred square meters. Oh, that's nice. That's really where you can easily work on a project, have a second project next to it, yeah. have a different area for. Uh, for for spray painting yeah. as well. You get dedicated areas yes. for dedicated yes. stuff. Yeah. And so, um, I do have a kiln, things like that, which uh, yeah. enables me to do all the things myself. Yeah, and, and that's huge. I, I don't have to ask anyone. That's yeah? so huge. Yeah. So yeah. and nobody is uh, interfering with that except me, or some. Okay. It buys you also freedom, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. And play around. It, the thing is, you get used to it, and now at Felicity, for example, I was looking for things, and I'm so used now that, that everything is that yeah. everything is in place, or something is yeah, just yeah, I don't yeah. know. And suddenly you realize, oh, I can't even read what's written on the drawers. <laughs> okay, I learned a bit of the language more. Yeah, and it's, it's not so complicated, but yeah, still yeah, you have so to sit down a bit. And, yeah. Just like that, and uh, 
Winkel slipper, yeah. things like that, where you think, okay, now I know what that is. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. actually, the great thing is, so when you mix up German and English and have a bit of. Uh, then like, sometimes you can it's not guess it. No, no, it's um, but yeah, the written language, at least with the written, it's they're totally different with the, the speaking is a bit harder. Yeah, but speaking, yeah. I don't understand what yeah. I have to say. It's really uh, that's really strange for me. Mm. I'm just so so glad that I was getting along and yeah. uh, with my bit of English. Yeah, and uh, that yeah, that that shouldn't be a problem here. Yeah, yeah. so no. Um, the the next project in Cologne are already waiting. Yeah, will. Uh, have a show in I think in November yeah. in the middle of Germany somewhere. Which place? Uh, in Essen. Essen. Yeah. Uh, I've shown there a couple of years ago at the Folkbank Museum yeah. with a larger uh, solo show where I was actually uh, this kind of structure which I was showing now. Yeah. Uh, I was using and developing for that piece, yeah. but it was covered up with uh, bitumen. Yeah, and uh, I was yeah, bitumen. A, is it? I think bitumen. Yeah, I bitumen. Think. That's the German word for it. Yeah, and it's, it's this tar-like yeah. yeah, yeah, substance you put in for nasty insulation. Stuff, but uh, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's great because you it. can work work with it. Seems it's so like mungy, mushy things. Yeah, yeah. you can squeeze it all and just yeah. I really enjoyed that, and we've done a centerpiece which was yeah, it was basically a whale-like. Yeah, and the piece which I've now done here in Oslo is a bit like the structure of the whale, yeah. but not the actual one, and then hovering. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so there's a relation between those those pieces, but uh, the the gallery show there will be different. Yeah. and the next thing will be that I'm doing some kind of ceramics. Yeah, and as I said, I do have a kiln, um, which I was totally shocked when I got the I I was running it only a couple of times and. The electricity in Norway is different than from in Germany. Yeah. In Germany, they take coal and uh, it's carbon things uh, going yeah. into these kind of here. It's all water and wind. Water and wind and yeah. uh, And so it's different uh, in terms of pricing. Yeah. Uh, electricity is recently priced. I think it's fine, but if you use a kiln, uh, your gets, costs uh, are just exploding. So I. I was a bit like uh, for, put off by using that again. Yeah. Um, anyway, I used that. But it's, it's a calculation in the end. You, you just know, okay, if I'm going to kill something, then yes, that's exactly. the price. Yes. Yeah. And you put you put the real price on it instead of kind of this this fake price of just material. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in the end, I used that in a different way. I've done mobile structures with uh, um, mummified rats. So I was yeah. I'm using my own kiln for to. Mummify rats. Yeah, you can buy rats uh, as um, food for yeah, for snakes, for snakes yeah. and for, for other animals, and you could get them in these nice little packages. So and then you can defrost them, oh, wow. and uh, <laughs> so that was kind of funny to do. But I got into serious trouble because yeah. some of them, I um, I was uh, my my wife has a garden, and there was uh, a plague of these rats and. We had some kind of traps, and they were caught in these traps, and we were using some of them there well. And that got, yeah, I got into huge a scandal. The last show I've done in Fiersen yeah. was completely overshadowed by by the scandal. By the scandal that I I've shown that several times in Dusseldorf. I've even made a TV show in the German telly program, yeah. West Art Live, including those rats, and nobody took any notice. So. But then, then suddenly, suddenly the yellow press thought, "Oh, that's this crazy professor there. He's uh, he's completely gone mad. He's using rats for his." And I thought, "Come on, we had so many things from Rembrandt and the or the orcs and up to Damien Hirst and his shark and yeah. all the other things. We had uh, liquids of of bo dead body corpses." And so I thought, "Well." Is that really a shocking quality to it? Yes, it is indeed. Mm -hmm. um, because of the they they look being somehow they dipped into vitamin as well. Yeah. So they they like they look dark, nasty, bizarre yeah. shadow yeah. theatre. And if you see that, you think they like these tortured, hung creature. They they they're not. They just like hung that way. Yeah. yeah. So um, in the end, uh, the thing is with these shock things is always. 
that's the wrong side. You don't want to have the discussion on yeah, that Because it distracts yeah. from what you're... What yeah, you're it actually distracts do. from what is yeah. actually on show. Yeah. Nobody of who's written emails that they were complaining like, go to hell, that you should... You, you should be treated in the same way you've uh, treated the animals, uh, things like that, where you think, hey, come on, calm down, yeah. I haven't treated them anyway, in any disrespect, yeah. It's just like, I think they... But there's something that you kind of use uh, a, a live creature for art as a material. You know? Yeah, and that's... Kind there's of an objectification in there, which, which yeah, of which course, is problematic. You know? That which is, is really also a problematic uh, thing, yeah. And also interesting to talk about. Okay, where where's the boundary going? But but uh, yeah, it escalates really quick in, in a yeah, scandal. Yeah, exactly. Sure. It ex mm. Escalated, and nobody has seen the piece. Well, only the, the pictures of it. Mm. So, but the pictures are grim. I have to say, yeah. yeah when you take a yeah, photo, sure. and uh, it doesn't have that tranquility and that kind of lightness of the mobile mobile. No. It is just like this jaw. Yeah. This is hanging yeah, creature yeah, of course. and it's a rat and we do have rats are they're they, aggressive they they're, 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 they're like uh, they stand for many things yeah exactly they they're not exactly what you would call a, um, something which brings you luck into your life yeah. yeah especially if you consider them to be those being regarded as uh, other um, for cancer, for how do you do all these uh, diseases and yeah. all the kind of plagues and all that, that is all associated with rats. So yeah. it's a delicate issue, Jake. But that's exactly the point where its image is so powerful, yeah. and which I, they always say, oh, you can just simply cast them in whatever. Thing that's different. It's that that flashy material, that kind of you've been alive that's yeah. something which I've but I don't want to go too much to that route so I limited myself to probably make one or two a year yeah because actually that distracts too much from in terms from, of discussion yeah, of, from, from what you're trying to the, uh, the, the artistic merit is too overshadowed yeah. then so yeah. I'd rather go like and say okay next show will be ceramics yeah are you able to complain about that <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> yeah. The great thing, I, I did a public commission in, in Fiersen in the west of Germany, a yeah. city in the west of Germany, and that was highly controversial already. Yeah. The good thing about the rats were they were totally uh, overshadowing the, the other scandal. Yeah, so you, you, so you, the, the, you outscandled your own <laughs> scandal. Exactly, so <laughs> that was fantastic because suddenly so. nobody was talking about, they called it a pile of shit and what's that, the, the, who can you pay money for? And uh, things like that. So the uh, what always comes up when you uh, entering the field of public art. Yeah. But certainly have that you, was. Have you done a lot of public art? No, 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 no. Yeah, I've, I do here. like uh, to do it occasionally. Yeah. When I'm invited to to do or some kind of uh, there, there are usually um, people invited for competition. Yeah. And then you have to put up a model and a yeah. cat and then things like that. So it has a certain kind of well, way of playing the game. Yeah. And uh, sometimes uh, I have had the opportunity and I really enjoyed that. The reason actually why I live in Cologne is that I won one of these competitions yeah. for an inside piece uh, that was 10 years ago, uh, which was called Bean. It's literally a bean turned into some kind of monster, yeah. um, which was inside of a 16 meter high building. Um, the, and I put in a 12 meter piece which was coming from the from the bottom and uh, one thing which is hanging from the top. Yeah. And uh, when you win these competitions, the issue is always you have to build the piece. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just simply drawing that and thought, yeah. and the the drawing is telling because it shows me I did a little comic on how I would do proceed with the piece. It shows me how I get the piece with three people and carry the whole thing through the door inside of the building and then would just put it up. Um, no way, because the piece, I think the total weight was 400 kilos or yeah, something. Yeah, not three people carrying Yeah, that was really <laughs> seriously assembling it on side mm. and then erecting it with a lot of Egyptian methods. Yeah. So that, that is, uh, on a technical side, that's a challenge as well, as well as a challenge in how are you engaging with the shape of it. Yeah. And the shape actually has changed a lot during making of it. Yeah. Uh, instead of having this kind of 
slim, lightweight appearance of something. Uh, it really got tailored and really, there, there's a certain kind of presence I was keen on. Yeah. And that's my job as a sculptor to get that yeah, in yeah. shape, to, yeah, to actually create that experience. Yeah. So um, some people they always say, yeah, okay, that, uh, that's it's so easy. I don't, don't worry about it. It's just a formal side. It's not a formal no, it's side. Not a it's, 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 it's doing top sport, you know, it's yeah. about a hundredth of a second, you know, it's about yeah, it's only, shaving off that small bit yeah. because uh, that makes the difference. And it, it well, it's a couple of years ago, but uh, it has been kind of a experience to work on shapes on that scale. Yeah. I have, I was glad that the, uh, I we moved over, and then um, it turned out that the building site was using that uh, that area yeah. for storing materials. Yeah. They so I wasn't allowed in for yeah. two years uh, because they were just saying, "Come on, we get out of our way yeah, 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 with yeah. your twelve, sixty meter piece taking over the space. Yeah. We need that we space need now yeah. for any kind of things we yeah, logistics." Yeah. yeah. So, but that was great because I was able to basically test and train yeah. to uh, maneuver the, 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 just to to handle the sheer size of it. Yeah. So, uh, I w okay, people invited me for the competition because they knew uh, I'm working large scale as well as yeah. small scale. So they knew they. But can but even you know even if you work in large scale, you know, it's it's not so often that you you work in huge scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's yeah. the large scale always starts like three or four meters already. Yeah. So and that's something you you can climb on a ladder or something and you can handle that. Yeah. Whereas uh, a twelve or sixteen meter, you need cranes, you, you, you need boards, you need, you need yeah, teams. It's a complete need, yeah. different game. Yeah. yeah. It's similar to with ceramics. Ceramics is fantastic and easy on that very small scale. When yeah, yeah. The, the pottery you can, thing, you can yeah? shape it anytime. Yeah. You, it's this malleable substance you can which reacts yeah. almost hysterically to your hands yeah? yeah when you start to do ceramics on a larger scale it's something they, you, they do some ceramics at the, the art school which are you know two meters high maybe yes. and like maybe 60 70 diameter or something and that's huge yeah but that's already for, for ceramics that's already huge yes. i mean that's how big the kilns are. There's no bigger kilns. You know, well, there are ones. I've done a project with, which is two meter eighty in, in yeah. height. The two? Huh? Two meter eighty to that is yeah. about the the height. Yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. higher than this this yeah. space. No, but I think that that we can do here as well. I think two eighty. Well, I, well, we needed an industrial kiln for that. Yeah. So I I told them because I've I've done a piece for a collector. Yeah. One of my main collectors, Axel, uh, in Germany. He bought a couple of pieces and. I made a piece for him, and uh, I call it Kruke, which means it's a vessel. Yeah. And the vessel is slightly skewed; it's bulging out at a certain, uh, on one side, and it's a bit slimmer on the other yeah. side. Yeah. And uh, the lid is actually askew. Yeah. So it feels like being kept, uh, caught in the act, so so it's captured in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I did that in polystyrene and covered that with the what is used as a facade material. Yeah. Um, he would, and then I was painting it and he always was keen to have that in ceramics yeah and I said well literally listen Axel you won't get that in ceramics because it's technically it's, uh, it's so hard yeah it's almost impossible um, he lives in in a place in Germany Hörgenshausen yeah uh, where they have a school dedicated to ceramics yeah I have once I've been teaching there and I knew that there are people who actually have the knowledge, yeah. have the, the know-how, how to do it, and finally, they he approached them and they said, "Well, we can do that, but not the way you're thinking of, Diagirion. Um, <laughs> it has to be completely different." So they made this. They took the piece, the original piece. Yeah. They, I couldn't believe that they took ten tons of plaster, made these kind of bricks as a negative form. Yeah. So they. They really like you. You need two trucks, two truckloads, just to carry that that mold. Yeah. Then they approached. Uh, uh, well, it is they're making these kind of sewers out of ceramics. Yeah. And that's a company based in the west of Cologne. Yeah. And uh, they do have a kiln which is 120 meters long, 
and which runs the whole year and they work on an industrial scale so what they do there is hundred thousand tons a year of clay yeah they putting into the shape of these massive sewers yeah and they're sending it through these things so we thought okay that's fantastic we can just come in with our small uh, thingy <laughs> little uh, egg there yeah. and uh, and then you suddenly realize how delicate that is what we are doing. It has to pre-fire, then you have to fire it, and you know, it has to be the right yeah, time. Yeah, you right don't have the opportunity right. for that. You yeah. you basically have an industrial process, which you it's don't fine fit in. It's fine-tuned to this production, so exactly. if it doesn't so, fit in there, forget about it. Yeah. So we had to wait uh, to the time between Christmas and New Year's Eve, Yeah. because otherwise they can't slow down. Yeah. So things like that you would never ever think of. Yeah. Things, well, Within the first 10 meters of that kiln, yeah. the temperature is raising from 20 degrees to 400 degrees. Yeah. Uh, well, literally every piece, that piece wouldn't survive that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, due to the tensions, it would crack. Yeah. As I've said in the beginning, um, well, we took these, these built up the, the structure out of the, 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 the plaster mold. Yeah. And the, the guys w were saying, okay, Gion, you, sorry, it's your piece, we know it. But uh, we, you're not going to touch it because you have no idea no. how to deal with the material. So they basically did one spiral inside of the, um, the and hammering that against the, the plaster mold. Yeah. Uh, so starting a bit thicker at the bottom. Yeah. So going a bit base thinner. There a bit, yeah. There's no supporting structure in there. Just no. the outside shell. But that should hold by tension. Exactly. That mm. holds by tension, so it starts to shrink and uh, it can easily shrink into the the piece. It will. Yeah. Um, so it took us about uh, half a year just for the plaster the mold dry. to dry, uh, half a year uh, just for the piece to dry, so yeah. to dry really, really uh, slowly, yeah. and then uh, half a year just to wait till we get that slot end of the year, uh, that the whole production can slow down and yeah. then allow us a bit more. And of course it is, just imagine oh. this thing was collapsing. They do uh, have that occasionally. And uh, there are a couple. There are a couple of people in there who have guns and start to shoot at the pieces just to destroy them within the kiln, so that the production can still be running. And uh, I thought, oh wow, okay, that is how crazy is that? <laughs> I this, think about that. Yeah, just in terms of. I mean, the threat on your yeah, on your own sculpture there. <laughs> just, we were just discussing it. what uh, it means to make it on that the thirty centimeter scale and to. And do, and do it on three meter scale. No, I've so seen, I've just seen the that ceramic technical. people also build build stuff up. Yeah, actually up to three meters because we have a kiln here which does mm. think that. And and but also yeah, seeing it collapse, you know, just yeah, because see, there's a, just a, a small mistake in yes. in in, the, in yeah. how to build it up. You know, there's yeah. a small kind of you have to think about kind of this because it weight you know you're at the, the top real weight. fast, yes. you know, and then you have that pressing down, and if you don't build it up. Right, you know, it just yeah. collapse. Yeah. So in, in that, is a, that, that's, that piece, for example, was a good example how scale matters yeah. and how difficult it gets yeah. to deal with certain materials on, and it's not, man, three meters is not enormous, yeah? yeah. It is something you would, you, he was putting that outside again, and it's fantastic, it looks great, um, but it's not overwhelmingly big no, or something. No, no. You, you just take it for granted. You, and oh, that looks nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You think, oh, yeah, that's ceramics. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you would never experience it to be that kind of effort to be put in. in that. But I, and I, I really appreciate that where you, where you look at something and you forget the effort. Right? Yes. Because yeah, if the effort, yeah. it should never be about the no, effort, no. right? But uh, between artists, of course, that's the interesting part, right? Because we, we, you know. Yeah, we knew. Yeah, we, we know, most of them know that. Uh, if you try to scale something up and you, you're trying to use the same material, you, you enter a different field. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's not the well, case you, with you steel or something. You suddenly have to have a, a whole bunch of engineering skill, skills on top of, of your artistic yes, skills. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's somehow, that sometimes even limits the artistic moments yeah, in sure. it. Yeah, so, for sure. Anyway, uh, so I'm, I'm glad then to come to Oslo and to have this kind of experience here. Yeah. Come on, do whatever you, whatever you like. Uh, Come on, we try Three to. Three weeks, yeah, yeah it's we, like we limited try, time. You just, yeah, yeah. you just try to experiment, get get something done, and I, I thought, okay, now I'm just showing this kind of structure 
and mm. see well, what can I do with it to, to get something playing on that. But it's still, I, I thought, okay, my ambition is to hang it somehow. Yeah. Best would be to hang it really like delicately onto strings. Hey man, I failed entirely. In the end, um, there was a guy, uh, Arling, uh, who works at Felsberg, said he always had to lower it and up and lift it up again just because we, I wasn't able to handle it in yeah. a way with these two strings. Yeah. I just couldn't balance it right. Yeah. So I, in the end, I ended with three strings. It's fine as well. It still has that kind of... It still has to move. And, and I don't think okay. it, it takes yeah. away from the piece. And, no, and no, no, that's fine. It's just like you, it, a certain thing you think... Okay, do you, do you hang one? yourself up at so, uh, details like that? Yeah, sometimes I do, but I... Luckily, when you have this kind of pressure, yeah. okay, come on, the show's tomorrow, get get it done. Then I, uh, it helps me. Yeah. Deadlines are fantastic. Yeah. It just gives me this kind of, okay, you have to find a solution now. Okay, even if you don't like it with three strings, it doesn't matter. It's just your personal obsession. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. yeah. So, things like that. So, uh, so you find yourself, or you force yourself into a situation where you can't get over over that. Yeah, and yeah. funnily, and how how important do you think this kind of obsessiveness is? Uh, well, where, where, where do you where where do you draw the line for yourself? Uh, well, I think uh, you need to, a certain obsession. You need because mm. otherwise you would just not engage with it. Yeah, you wouldn't make so, anything sure. So uh, I experienced it sometimes very important that I have to invent something which I probably don't know why or yeah. that, out of sheer pressure. For example, uh, London, we had a show at uh, Auto Italia Southeast, that's a project space in, yeah. the, uh, in the south of London. And uh, I was making a piece where I thought, okay, I'm going to cover that in just ordinary tape. And man, I couldn't stand that. It was just looking like, like not unfinished. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. Yeah. And it's not, I haven't got that kind of catching, transforming moment. Just out of sheer desperation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I took one of these, uh, uh, I think it was some, some kind of torch yeah, that we used for... It is brulee torches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just, kitchen torches. Yeah. I just punctured it. Yeah. So it's just like a bit of that, uh, okay, try. And in the end, that's how I invented um, how to get rid of these surfaces which always were too sealed yeah i thought okay if i just torch it yeah just in a regular pattern that okay you could probably say oh that looks like tony craig your teacher or something but it didn't look like it it looked like scorched a bit yeah. i i once uh, run into a show of an artist who did that already in the 60s yeah and uh, so uh, but i do it not as a, in a painting mentally where he, he was employing it I yeah. did very in a very regular sense, yeah. And out of that experience, I was able to develop a new, new, more series of works, yeah. which are called surrogates, and where I just take tape, spray paint it in different colors, and then torches as well, so that uh, it gets this kind of strange substance where you think it's Bubbly almost alive. Alive, yeah. it's a bit like, oh, it's a bit gross, but yeah. fascinating as well. Yeah. That out of that desperate moment that I wasn't happy with the appearance of the piece, yeah. and I just didn't have anything uh, than the torch, yeah. and just applied it. Yeah. And I think that's a certain kind of serendipity. Uh, these lucky shots, yeah, for sure. You just have to, Absolutely. which falls into your lap, mm -hmm. and you just have to grab it. And that's nothing I can think of in terms of. No, it's it's you're confronted with a certain type of limitation, and you have to find a way around it. And, and at that moment, yeah. of course, you push yourself. Yeah. Maybe. So, and I, I thought one of these uh, advantages of those workshops is that I'm taking out of my ordinary situation, mm. where I have my production methods or something, yeah. and see what's happening, what's going on, what's possible, and. Uh, to limit myself, almost to handicap myself. Mm. Oh shit, where's the hammer? Yeah. I can't find the hammer, okay, oh, what can I do now? This is a piece now? of wood, I'll bang that. Yeah, so, uh, that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, up to the point, okay, sometimes it's a bit distracting, it can be annoying as well, but uh, that's something I have to just to but stand it, through. Yeah, but it, and it also depends kind of what kind of venue you do. Like yes, in this yeah. setting where you have like an opening one, two days, where, you know, it's really all about just kind of yeah you know there there's there's nothing to lose but uh, let's say you you have a, 
Yeah, a museum show, like a big but solo still, show, and then yeah, but still you can you, you can you can do that. Yeah, but you have to balance that. You know, you you can't well, only do that. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, there's always a risk of failure, but um, yeah, that's right. And you have to have enough time if you fail, just to have a second shot. Mm. So that uh, is crucial. And I used that several times already. That uh, first one, okay, that doesn't work. Okay, how can we change that? Yeah. How can we alter that? Um, but still with these big museum shows, it's more like the, due to the preparation process mm. you need for a museum show, it is it puts a lot of pressure onto you in before and anyway. Yeah. So lots of that processing is going beforehand, which has now been taken during my time and also during the preparation of the show itself. Yeah. For, let's take for example the show at the Museum Folkwang. Yeah. We had so, so many discussions, so many things, so many proposals, so many meetings and drawings and whatever. Yeah. And in the end, I tried out something which I've already tested out, yeah. but not on that scale. And I actually enjoy that kind of moment. I think I even, I even thrive on that. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I, I'm so keen on doing that. Yeah. Because it's this kind of rush. It's a do or die uh, yeah. attitude, or it's it's like yeah. Yeah, it's something. It. I think usually I, I'm probably just I'm not lazy, but I'm just like, oh yeah, fine this way. But then you suddenly think, okay, now it's serious. Come on. Now yeah. It's, yeah. Now now it's on. Yeah. So then, yeah, I I personally think it doesn't have to be too much pressure, because mm. then you you start to to be in somehow sloppy yeah, yeah. Uh, if you dose that in the right way for example the Pearson show the last show and there was a piece I thought hey come on let's make a sister piece of the piece outside the commission piece yeah. which is basically made in the same way on a temporal base when which sit, uh, sits into the space and occupies it fully so that you can't enter the space any longer mm -hmm. so it's just coming out on one side and on the other side as well yeah. so um, uh, we, we were fond of this idea. The thing which, uh, it could, come on, it consists out of these, what you use for packaging, these kind of, uh, you know, the, these kind, kind of uh, air pockets. Yeah. That you can uh, get a machine that produces you these air pockets. Yeah. So that it fills up a certain kind of plastic with this air. Yeah, and it's like seals it. or something. Yeah. No, no, it just seals that kind yeah. of... Uh, that, that kind of little sachet. Yeah. And uh, I thought, okay, that's a fantastic way to build up this kind of volume. We just need a timber structure in there, which is, sorry, and that, all that material. It's a cheap material, but on that scale, suddenly yeah. I realized it took 1,500 euros to buy, I think, in the, yeah, we ended up with eight kilometers of that stuff, mm -hmm. plus the, 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 the tape we're needing. Yeah. That was, uh, I think, it was. I, well, we, we almost ruined the budget. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because I said, oh, that's a quick and easy piece, we'll just do it, and oh, fantastic. So in the end, you learn, it's, yeah, on that scale, suddenly... It's not quick and easy anymore. No, no it's... But there's, a, there's a breaking point there, right? Where where kind of scale starts to matter, where scale becomes logistics, where scale yeah, becomes... Exactly, uh, yeah, that's, I try to avoid the logistics a bit, but it is a lot of logistics, we know yeah. it. Yeah. But it shouldn't overtake. It should still be that moment. Okay, how do I create that? Create this shape. How is that? That kind of fatty moment. This kind of, you know, if something is almost resting itself, like yeah, it's it's it feels so heavy, like being bulging, and this kind of moment you have this kind of belly, yeah, and then they have, you've got these holes going in, and all that kind of moment of coming out, getting in, and this kind of substance which is just heavy in the space to create that experience that is something I totally enjoy to, to yeah. and uh, then it's not logistics it's that kind of moment to create a shape yeah, yeah. that to to create really to yeah. be like this yeah, but there's as I said there's a breaking point where size becomes so big that that it yeah. becomes you know the joy of creating is overshadowed by yeah, that's uh, yeah, the, just the sheer production and logistics. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's well. That's the reason why. But it's, it's interesting kind of, to be at that border where it kind of hurts, but where it's 
where it's still kind of as big as yeah, as yeah. Well, it has a relation to your body it, it, and as well to the architecture. Yeah, if you mm. build a piece which occupies a space that you can't enter it any longer, then it is still within the confines of, of, of a space. The, of space, yeah. but, and but it's still something you think, oh wow, that's too big for me. Yeah, so yeah. The, the, on that level, but it's not that uh, ridiculously oversized that you think that you don't have. Ca- where you're losing the relation towards your body. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah. No, that, uh, so that, that's the inside. I'm looking forward to go back into my studio and having, having all things there and, uh, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. but then feeling otherwise the, the pressure again. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a small moment coming back where you're, where you're at ease and think, oh yeah, this is, yeah, well, and the thing is, is, um, uh, it was always disappointing to finish a piece. Yeah. It's just like the moment, Okay, it's great because you finish it, but you immediately think, oh, oh no, it's done. Oh, it's done. How sad is that? Uh, Can't I just continue? But do you have, like, after a while that you rediscovered anything? Oh, that wasn't actually too bad, or that was actually. It's very hard to, to judge my pieces when they. When yeah, when they're fresher. Yeah, when they're. So yeah. that, I, for example, I did very quick pieces, which uh, probably are far more important than pieces which I've. Probably the time in the end doesn't really matter, but it just, uh, I think when you finish a piece, you have like a short moment of excitement and then you have like the down where you, where you, you, you just have to kind of take distance from the piece yeah. for whatever Hang on, what I've done now is, uh, in the last couple of months, I had such a run up of shows yeah. that I was just finishing one show and then the next came. Then, so it was like this, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um, in the end I thought, Oh, what is that? It started well, yeah. in New York, then going to Berlin, going, going to Cologne, going to uh, Fields, all these kind of, oh, there's a group show in Osnabrück, there's this. So, um, in the end, I thought, come on, uh, it's great, uh, but I just, as you said, it starts to become logistics. Yeah. yeah, where you think, oh, that piece has to be taken to Osnabrück. Oh, you have to drive it there. Oh, shit, I, uh, we have no photo of it. Oh, I have to drive there. Oh, just for a photo. Oh my God. Okay, that's a day. Oh, we have to take down this show. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, who's helping on that? We need at least four people to carry that piece. Yeah. Things like that. Etc. 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 And in the end, you thought, uh, "Come on, I'm yeah. here not for 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 all that show making. Yeah. yeah. I want to make a bit of work. Yeah. That's always the battle because you want to also show it and you want to make it and, and yeah, yeah, exactly. So it it it's been a great pleasure and uh, luxury problem. It's a luxury problem, yeah, yeah exactly. So it, it, I should be, there's no reason to complain. And compl- when artists are complaining, that's their method of boasting anyway. So, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, artists can't boast, yeah. can say, uh, I've got a show at MoMA or whatever. They have to complain about the catalogue. Yes, so, sure. oh, the type font is... Uh, that's the wrong font. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're, they're really minor, yeah. and that's a good indication that they're just keen on boasting. Yes, yes. Yeah, so far. Cool. Um, shall we end on this? Yeah. Not, I, I, would love, I, w- I would love to do uh, another one longer because we had a bit of technical problems now. But uh, well, then you unfortunately have to come to Cologne. Uh, that's not unfortunately. That would be really nice. I'll bring, yeah. I'll bring I invite you here and, uh, now to Cologne. Come to my studio. Have a look around. That sounds then, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Then we have another chat there. Yeah. Well, thanks for Pretty popping good. by on so short notice. Yes. Uh, all right. Bye bye. See. You. Yeah, we tackled many subjects, I think. Uh, Even that traumatic experience of today. Of course, you to bring that in. It's just no, it's no problem. That's, that's so like, <laughs> and, just, and it's great to talk about it because I can rid, get rid of it. That's yeah, you, 